And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to Indictment Wednesday. (laughs) Our continuing... Team coverage of indictment Wednesday continues now as we go over to Gary McNamara at the indictment coverage news desk. <laughs> wow. I feel very important over here now. <laughs> you just don't want my opinion. You know, you're you're giving me extra credibility that I'm at the indictment. Is it indictment central? Indictment coverage news desk. Oh, in, indictment coverage news desk yes headquarters something this this desk is simply here for indictment news only does anybody have a headquarters anymore um (laughs) nobody uses that word anymore you know what i figured out uh after the indictments came down you and i were just kind of touching on it we've got all that to talk about um they the old saying well you can indict a ham sandwich well, actually, they've taken it further. You can indict Donald Trump for eating a ham sandwich. I think, and um, for uh, for me, just you know, my my schedule. I sleep twice a day, so uh, I forgot exactly what time it was. Maybe around four four thirty, where I went to sleep, where they said the indictments were coming. The indictment was coming down, right? And I just said, I can't wait. I got to go to sleep, and so I went to sleep. And when I woke up, first thing I thought of was, oh. Okay, Uh, I wonder what's going to be here because I think that everyone, anyone who knows anything about the law, was stating that the special counsel must have new information if he's going to indict Trump for anything for January 6th. First thing I thought of. there There has to be something more than we already know because you can't, you can't indict. There is no criminal act that Trump committed on January 6th or in the lead up, you know, to the, you know, anything that he had said. All of that is protected speech. Mm-hmm. 
It's all protected speech. You know, this in, in, entire thing, you know, <laughs> the whole defraud thing. Well, you're saying he you're saying a politician lied. Seriously, if this if because there's a good chance that a the a, a D.C. jury. Now, I'm telling you, if I'm a judge, I throw this out. This never gets to trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm a judge, because it is just it's so incredibly bogus. And it, what he is saying is uh, a politician lied. Yeah. And some people rioted. Therefore, I'm going to try to make a crime. Oh, okay. So are you going to get him for inciting a riot? And if you were listening to 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 Jack Smith, you thought that's where he was going, that he was going to go to the fact that since Trump said this and he played and uh, 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 Turley and McCarthy, uh, Andrew McCarthy, former uh, prosecutor Jonathan Turley, both talked about this, and and Brett Baer did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Brett Baer said, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's amazing because he stated in the speech where you know Trump said you got to fight, you got to fight, you got to fight. Didn't play the part, didn't no. mention the part. Jack no. Smith, where he said you've got you know uh, you know do it peace peace peacefully and patriotically. Right, it's how you should go yeah. and and do it. Which, again, is key. And just like the January 6th committee did, and this is why we said Lynn Cheney is not a conservative. Because as a conservative in, in any type of, I don't care whether it's a political trial or it's a criminal trial. Honesty with the evidence, because anybody, and this is where they didn't allow, for example, cross-examination in the January 6th committee. Because mm-hmm. any cross-examination would say, Lynn Cheney, you're lying. Yeah. You're lying by omission. Right. You're setting up a stage where you're saying that he, the, the president, in essence, incited a riot, where if you put in the context of it, you realize he did. Sort of like the whole racism thing for the for Charlottesville. Yeah. Right. They they leave out a very important part of it to make a point. That's lying by omission. Yep. Yep. And and so but we're and so we're I think anybody who knows anything about the law, and I think most, you know, there's there's this thing, and and we would get it once in a while. We don't much, uh, we don't much anymore. But when we would start talking about, you know, anything legal, and well, you guys aren't lawyers; these are the experts on law. Mm-hmm. Like there's experts on law. Mm-hmm. You know, what's an expert on law? You may know, you may have in your mind memorized precedent more. But on 99% of law out there, and I say 99% because I still don't, I still don't understand, and I don't think most judges do either. What actually makes up a monopoly? That's the one, yeah. That's the, that's the one thing where it's like I don't understand where they're going there. Well, because they but, they change the definition yeah. of words, and so yes. when they do that, then it seems to uh, uh, poach into the legal system where right. they then. Use that as their grandstanding when they approach an indictment, right? So, but the, the the Constitution was made and laws were made for the citizens to understand. Yep. And so that that's always was the dumbest argument. You guys aren't lawyers. Don't have to be. No. To understand the law, I don't have to be a lawyer. <laughs> I don't have to pass the bar to understand the law. Sorry. What, what, what you're saying is the law exists, and None of the citizens understand it or should understand it because they're not lawyers. What an asinine statement to make. Uh, officer, I know that I was doing 75 and a 45, but I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand yeah. the law. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't Sorry. understand the law there. I'm uh, just a caveman uh, driver. I don't understand <laughs> your 
speed We're limits. We're just cavemen talk show hosts. Yeah. We aren't familiar with your fancy legal lim- or lingo, limbo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and, and so that was really, nothing had changed. There was no new information. Nothing new was brought to the table after this investigation. It's everything that everybody knew. Well, that's, like, okay. that's what I thought. I thought when when they announced this and it was all over social media that the special counsel is going to make a statement. I thought, okay, he found something outside of the findings of the January 6th committee, which was bogus. They found nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. So he there. found something. Let's see what he found. Let's say, let, let's see what he says he found. And here we are basically political lies and or influence right because it wasn't a directive it's not like the the then commander-in-chief because he was still commander-in-chief ordered the military to go to the capitol building and go inside and you know and arrest everybody or detain everybody or whatever it's not like he gave a directive it's not like he gave orders he talked about certain things. He mentioned certain things. He said things. And still today, and part of this is on Trump, but not in this case, all they have on him is his words. This is about his words, not his actions as then president. And well, if you're it's, going it's, to it's, get it's, into it's, the political it's, lie, it's, indicting right. political lies, then line them up. Yeah, line them up. If you're if you if you believe that we're going to indict because of law of, of political lies, because they're not even saying that the political lies led to incitement of the riot. Mm-hmm. That's not even a charge. No, nope. So what they're saying is, since the president lied about the election and i think it was the rnc i i gotta well i'm not gonna play the whole thing but it's like 22 minutes of democrats saying elections were stolen right <laughs> but and so it's saying since the president lied that in itself is a crime if you could find basis if there is some kind of new legal basis for this kind of political or, or or legal action against a public servant, then every may, mayor, every one of them in those blue cities that were saying things like mostly peaceful protests, that it is you could find so in so much more, much easier, I'm saying based on this. Oh, right, if right, you're gonna exactly, use this right. as your basis, yes. then setting up what was it? Chad, Chaz, yeah. Then, then people should be in prison for that. Yeah, people should be in prison for Chaz. Yeah, if you're if you're going to criminalize political speech, and and that's what this, and that shows you that the. I think again, I am not. I understand where the left is today, and we remember what Jack Smith did. What was it? The. Uh, Oh, what was it? The uh, the uh, uh, the former governor of was it Virginia? Whatever that case was thrown out eight nothing mm, on yeah. a lot of the same thing. We'll get to that just in, in coming up in a little bit. Mm. The ex governor, whatever. And um, uh, but this, I just 
you just you can't believe that in 2023 you actually have a special counsel. And this is why when you had uh, the uh, one of the whistleblowers talk about there needs to be a special counsel for Hunter Biden, we said, nope, sorry, there's rotten special counsel. Yeah, who would assign the special counsel? Yeah. It would have to be Merrick Garland. Right, and you see in this particular case that he this uh, he simply wants to criminalize uh, uh, speech. That's a political speech. He wishes to criminalize. That's it. Yeah. I lost. You know, yeah. I didn't lose the election. The election was stolen from me. Well, you can look at Democrats over and over again in 2000 stating that in 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 uh, uh, in uh, 2016 saying it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And yeah. remember, yeah, and, re- right. and remember, remember when Trump was elected and re- Hillary was stating that. Remember, there were riots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were riots, you know, there were riots across the country. Think about police departments are systemically racist, uh, racist, that all police departments are racist. Look at what the number of riots that caused. LeBron James should be in jail for what he said about the two cops in Wisconsin. Right. When he didn't know what happened. Right. And he lied about it by not knowing what happened and assuming what happened. He lied about it. And a massive riot ensued. Think about this, because what basically what the what. The special counsel is implying here is that the president's influence was behind all this. If yeah. influence is behind it, LeBron James goes to jail for life. Right, exactly. I mean, if, if that because if, his considerable if, influence drove a yes. ton of people to do that. Yep. And and so you look at you know and, and of course should he should have gone to jail for that? No. 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 Because is it is it reprehensible behavior? Yes. Yes. And so this isn't about Protecting Donald Trump. No. Got nothing no. to do with this. Everything that we talk about here is based on the law. Yeah. That's what we talk right. about here. Yeah. What the law is. But I just, there's a part of me, and just like you, that said the same thing. He must have something else. There's got to be something. And so this is, this is still fresh in my mind because I, wo- yeah. I woke up at, uh, it's 1218 now, and I woke up, you know, like at 955. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so I'm like, okay, let me just check. I go. Let me read here very quickly and then jumping in the shower and, you know, coming in and then coming into work and just, you know, uh, reading reading uh, uh, part of the actual briefs and then some of the analysis on it. I'm like, there's nothing new here. There's nothing new. Absolutely nothing new. He's basically saying we're going after political speech. They're they're trying to basically what they're doing. They're stacking things. So they're giving the left ammunition. Look at all the indictments, indictments, and indi- they're hoping that people see this and go, oh, man, Trump, more indictments, more indictments, more indictments. From day one, they've been looking to hang the cloud over Donald but Trump. But everyone knows, every Democrat knows this is bogus. Of course. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely bogus. Mike Pence, and it's also, by Mike the way, Pence knows it's bogus. Yes. And it's also not a coincidence, I think. For this to come down when it's coming down. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the Devin Archer testimony and people are still tearing that apart and, and analyzing, not tearing it apart, but breaking it down and analyzing it. Uh, there was a lot of new analysis on that during the day up until this. And I think he's had these things just and they're in their nothings. I think the special counsels had them sitting but, on the desk and it's but basically he's. All he is doing is continuing the bogus work of the January 6th committee. Could you imagine what this country would become if Trump is convicted of these charges in a D.C. and no court overturns it? No. Do you you understand the precedent that would take place 
that political political free speech mm-hmm. would now be criminalized in the United States. What are they? But what are they trying to do? You can't look. We won't put you in jail for not using the right pronoun. Yep. They, they see this because of the hatred for Trump. They see this as their opportunity for it's wrong. It's and and they know the special prosecutor knows this is not against the law. But he's counting on people, as you mentioned, the D.C. jury. He's counting on that Obama, mindset. Ob- Obama appointed judge. Yep. He's he's counting on that mindset to say, well, they should go to jail for saying such things. That's what they're counting on. Because once they have, if they were to gain that kind of legal precedent, it is over. I mean, we got so much to talk about here. <laughs> Great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. Keep your engine humming in the heat this summer by keeping up with preventive maintenance. Think your PM is complete after your oil is changed? Think again. There's grease, transmission fluids, and gear oil to consider, too. Grease, for example, is made of oil, thickener, and additives. It provides rust protection by preventing water spray-off and wash-off on equipment like the universal joint, fifth wheel, and clutch throwout bearings. It also helps protect major greasing points like tie rod ends, spring pin bushings, king pin, and the chassis. Today's synthetic oils means more miles between engine oil changes, but greasing intervals aren't growing at the same pace. Your fifth wheel, for example, needs to be greased every 15,000 miles or monthly. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. 
Uh, he is uh, Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Let me just, what am I reading here? <laughs> I'm reading something like, I don't even know where I'm reading it from. Mm. Uh, oh, oh, the editors of uh, uh, National Review. Here, it is not even clear that Smith alleged anything that the law forbids. Right. <laughs> the indictment relates in detail what he says were Trump's deceptions, but that doesn't mean they constitute criminal fraud. As the Supreme Court reaffirmed just a few weeks ago, fraud in federal criminal law is a scheme to swindle victims out of money or tangible property. Rhetoric in seeking to retain political office might be damnable and, again, might be impeachable, but it's not criminal fraud. No. Although that's what Smith has charged. Well, indeed, assuming a prosecutor could prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Trump hadn't actually convinced himself that the election was stolen from him, good luck with that, hyperbole, and even worse, our protected political speech. It really is amazing. And then the other thing is, you know, that the because that, that's the statement they're trying to make, that the political speech in itself is is fraud. And then when you look for, all right, the next thing you and I were looking for, okay, was, was there communications between Trump? You know, you always heard, did Trump conspire with the Proud Boys, right? Yeah, you, yeah, heard, right. you heard that kind of stuff yeah, all yeah, yeah. coming out. None of that. None of that existed. Well, you know, what's a conspiracy? What's a conspiracy? You know, there's a conspiracy to do. Well, there's no conspiracy. Yeah. And then the whole thing about, you know, uh, 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 trying to, what is what is the part of the law when it comes to Congress? Um, oh, what do they call it? Um, interfere with Congress. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and the conspiracy there. Well, the conspiracy was his lawyers, you know, discussing things. Right. About what the Constitution may say. That's not conspiracy. No. People talking. Yeah. I, it's just, it's it, like saying social media is one big conspiracy because people yeah. are talking about right. things. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, I want to play this audio cut. This is uh, uh, Brett Baer with uh, Jonathan Turley, uh, constitutional law professor, who is a Democrat, by the way, just so people understand that. You notice how, you know, the, the one thing about Turley is you notice he's really never attacked much? No, he's not. You really notice yeah, he's never really attacked much. Because where it's, are you going to go? Well, the thing is, he sticks to the law, right? And that's what we attempt <laughs> we attempt to do each and every day is stick to what the 
law is. As we've stated before, uh, we've been in this long enough to see politicians come and go. Right. What have I been through now? Six presidents. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> things change constantly. Mm-hmm. And so we believe in the promotion of ideology and issues and the law. Those are the things that are really important to us because the personalities come and go. Mm-hmm. And here's uh, Brett Berry yesterday with uh, Jonathan Turley. Um, Jonathan, I mean, you go through this and been reading through uh, the pages here. What's not here is any coordination with folks who were dealing with the January 6th rioters. Remember, uh, some 1,100 people have been charged with that uh, in relation to that riot on that day. Uh, 445 of them have been sentenced. And that continues that prosecution. But that direct tie to this indictment and these four counts, it doesn't seem to be here. No, there's less than meets the eye in this indictment. I thought the last indictment was a very serious threat uh, for Donald Trump. When I take a red pen through uh, material that is protected by the First Amendment, it reduces much of this to a haiku. I mean, many of the things that (laughs) uh, the prosecutor is charging here is protected speech. It, it, it repeats a lot of the allegations in the various states. It's unfair at points. You know, it quotes the uh, Trump in his speech uh, about encouraging people to go to the Capitol Hill. But like the January 6th committee, it omits where he says you should go peacefully. And I think that's a mistake, quite frankly, because it, it undermines your credibility when you sort of hide the ball on things like that. Yeah, well, yeah, as you mentioned that, Jonathan, I have that. Um, this is uh, the president at the time uh, at the January 6th rally. He starts with fight like hell. Take a listen. OK, just so you know, they have a few moments of technical problems mm. uh, here as a uh, attempt to get to the, uh, the speech. Stand by. The president. Here right. we go. I said, something's wrong here. Something's really wrong. Can't have happened. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated. Lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Since we had that, Jonathan, I wanted to put that in there in context right. for that day. What, right. And I think that it's a mistake to omit material like that. But the most jarring thing about this indictment is that it basically just accuses him of disinformation. This is a disinformation indictment. Uh, it, it says that you were spreading falsehoods, that you were undermining the integrity of the election. That's all part of the First Amendment, and I think that courts will look skeptically. He, he might have a fair shot with a D.C. jury and maybe a D.C. judge. He's going to have a harder time uh, with the courts. And this reminds me of sort of the McDowell uh, complaint, where he took the Virginia governor, got a conviction, and then was unanimously uh, overturned by the Supreme Court. It, it is a bridge too far. And one of the things I was looking for is I assumed that Smith had this type of aha moment, that there's something in there that the January 6th committee didn't find, uh, that, you know, supported. We heard about witness tampering. It's not in there. I mean, everything in this indictment is basically what has been discussed in the news. Now, by the way, the other thing that is not in here is conspiracy for incitement. Not in here is a seditious conspiracy. 
Uh, those were the claims that Democrats used in the impeachment and said that the evidence was absolutely clear. People like Schiff and others said that uh, he's clearly guilty of those crimes. Well, they're not in here. Uh, instead, he's using the favorite of prosecutors, these type of conspiracy and obstruction claims. Uh, but I think there are some serious legal problems with this indictment. Yeah, because everything it seems to be in here is wanting to criminalize protected political speech. Right. Hey, we've talked about on, on on the show the biggest problem that I believe this nation has is not that politicians lie, but the acceptance of the public of lies if it fits your political narrative. That's the biggest problem we have, the acceptance of lying. And we know it. But if you set, if a precedent was set here, and and I believe this, if it does get to the courts, it will be overturned. If if he is found, if a D.C. jury finds him guilty, it'll all be overturned. But it's the, the, the problem is the fact that you have a Department of Justice that actually will prosecute, will try to get away with prosecuting political free speech. That is the thing that is absolutely frightening. We've talked about the rot in the Department of Justice. We've talked about the rot in the management of the of the FBI. The incredible, filthy, stinking rot that exists here where you have in this particular case a special counsel uh, appointed by Merrick Garland, again, that is attempting to criminalize free speech. That's why this is so incredibly scary. And as he pointed out, there's no new information. All the things that they were claiming Trump did, none of these things are being prosecuted. When you get down to it, everything is about free speech here, is about speech, Trump's words. Okay, and and but then you get to the point, all right, did he incite a riot? Were the words so viable or vile that you could get to the point of stating that his speech, for example, if I tell you, go riot, kill, pillage, do everything else, I probably got you on inciting to riot. Mm-hmm. He didn't say those things. So what are you getting him on? Even to get to the point of saying that his, that, that the, you know, uh, that somehow, somehow what he said relates to the riots without ever legally trying to make that point, but politically trying to make that point, he omits the part where he said, go peacefully, as Turley talked about and Brett Baird talked about. It's not, it's not in there anywhere. Everything, that's what's so scary about this when you break it down and you realize, my God, this is a Department of Justice. What kind of precedent would this set? Well, the precedent would be set is that Republicans would attempt to jail Fauci right now. Yeah. Everything about COVID, all the disinformation, all the, everybody in the FBI that was involved in trying to censor the truth would go to jail. Mm-hmm. Because if you can punish free speech that you don't like or is a lie, then trying to hide the truth would be prosecutable also. Well, when the rot at the DOJ couldn't get it done through controlling the social media, 
when that fell apart, when that imploded, and when they knew that the whole defunding the police thing, the thing that they got from that, the lasting effect is all of these prosecutors now who believe they've got blank checks on not putting people in jail, not keeping people in jail, real criminals, and then focusing on people that are a threat to them politically or their party politically. This is not over. We talked about how horrible it would be and massive, massive game changer if there was legal precedent set, if this were to be, if if Trump were to be convicted on these these items and the courts and, didn't and the courts didn't overturn it, then it would be a massive legal precedent. But the Democrats don't even need to go that far. All they need to know is that this approach works for them, even if they lose in court. All they need to know is and they believe it. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep throwing things. DeSantis is next. Whoever is lined up next. It doesn't matter. Trump at some point will no longer be a candidate or president and no longer a threat to the Democrats. And somebody else will. Somebody will be a threat to their agenda. And it might be you. And they're going to find a way to come after people. Because it's going to it's it's going to. Here's the thing. When they go after people, who was it? Was it um, Michael Flynn? You know, you talk about busting someone. I mean, he's not a guy. He doesn't have Donald Trump money. Go after someone and just break them to the core. That's all you need to do. You don't even need to get the winning court. Just go after them in big ways, and it doesn't matter who they are, big, small, they come after you repeatedly, and this is going. We're far beyond scorched earth. Yeah, this you, is zombie land territory now. Yeah. You 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 just des- you destroy their lives yep. financially. Yep. Whoever you wish to yep. by by throwing out bogus charges. Yep. And making them you know give them giving them huge legal fees, and you break them that way. Activist prosecutors. Yep. And they're everywhere. And that's what this is. This is this is purely. And they don't care if they're overturned in court. No, they don't care. Or, or, Win or, or lose in court, it remember, doesn't matter. It's it's Smith lost in the McDonald case, yep. eight nothing in the Supreme Court. Right. Where he got a jury to agree to seven or excuse me, eleven felony charges. Right. Of bribery and all thrown out. Yep. Because he was applying law that did not fit the actions that were taken. So he already has a history of doing this and he becomes a special counsel. To, to to those of us who respect the Constitution and the law, you look at this and you say, and I said it to you during the break, it's an embarrassment, but not to them. No. Not to the special counsel and not to the left. They see this as a badge of honor. This is how they get things done. This is their new political weapon, and it is bigger than it's ever been, and it's not going away anytime soon. What are you going to do? You're going to put this. You're going to put somebody like the special prosecutor in jail? No, he's this guy's. He, he's got a, a force field around him. You can't touch him for doing something like this. There are no ramifications for doing something like this. He didn't win in court, so 
He's on well, to the next one. Well, let me ask you this, though. If this stuck, if this stuck and the court said, yes, you can prosecute free speech, which is which is uh, disinformation, <laughs> if he not tried this case, but if he tried another case where he's basically lying by omission, as he is here, mm-hmm. with, a, with a couple of things, and lying about what happened, right, and trying to commit legal fraud by applying law that, that does doesn't not apply, apply exactly with yes. his speech right why can't smith end up in jail right this Pro- is the insanity no, of it all no that that's it except who's going to prosecute smith it would be uh the right someone on the right and then if you get a jury that's on the right they're going to look at it and go yeah sorry it doesn't apply because, yeah, it doesn't, because if you're if, this, because the, if you if you believe if you're driven by the Constitution, you realize how bogus it, it is. It breaks down right. immediately. And but in on the left, it didn't matter. In the Sussman trial, the jury, one jury member, look, yeah, okay, he may have lied to the FBI, but we really don't care. There are bigger. There are bigger things. There are bigger deal, things. So and you you started that way. You 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 know you said uh, with this whole thing, which the Trump indictments on this in D.C. The reason we say that is because there's a history of that, that kind of mentality. And if you get the right jury and it's not overturned, again, even if it is overturned, and it should be, and I'm, I, I do believe, have confidence I it, will, it yes. will be, yes. it doesn't matter to them. People like this special prosecutor and the left are not stopping. They're going to ramp it up. They're going to be doing a lot more of this. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. And I think I almost said finally. Nothing is ever finally on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I think the thing is that with the Department of Justice now and, and with this in, indictment from Smith is that it's so blunt. They're not even attempting to hide the fact that they're corrupt. No, no, it's it's that's that's why it, I said badge of honor earlier. They yeah, they really do wear it like a badge of honor. It's so blunt. Anybody, yeah, if you have any knowledge of the Constitution and freedom yeah. of speech, you yeah. look at this, you go, my God, he's trying to prosecute political free speech. Right. This is absolutely reprehensible. It's bogus. It, it's completely bogus, and they're blunt about it. Yep. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. 
all across America and around the world. We are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for being here. What are we? Is this, is this Wednesday? <laughs> yes, okay, it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. <laughs> Indictment Wednesday continues. Indictment Wednesday. You know, we, we had mentioned uh, Jonathan Turley, who was on uh, Fox News yesterday with Brett Barrett. He, he made all the, you know, he made all the points that, that we've made. And it's so obvious and it's so blunt that everything going on here is simply an attack on on political free speech. We'll mm. get to more of that. But I had to I just had to let, let me uh, preface this audio cut that we want to play with uh, something that that Turley wrote also on the entire Hunter Biden thing. And and uh, Representative Goldman, who was out there saying, well, he didn't Biden didn't talk business. He didn't talk business when he was on the phone. Uh, with them, there's nothing there. It shows that he's completely and totally innocent. Uh-huh. And Turley says, uh, Goldman says that Joe Biden came to say hello at the Four Seasons Hotel to a lunch that he, Hunter Biden, was having with Chinese energy company executives. He then read from the record how another Hunter associate, Rob Walker, described the origins of the meeting with the Chinese to get his father to stop by. Hunter told his dad, I may be trying to start a company to try to do something with these guys. Uh, as with the 20-something phone calls, Goldman dismissed Joe Biden's sudden appearance as a fatherly drive-by. On Monday, Goldman tried to dismiss a trusted Hunter Biden partner who was detailing how then the vice president was critical to selling the brand. The new spin was to admit that the senior Biden did speak with Hunter's business associates, but only to exchange niceties uh, when he was put on a speakerphone at meetings and dinners. Goldman noted that Archer testified the elder Biden did not discuss any business dealings or transactions and said it would be a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to the people that his son was at dinner with. <clears throat> and then he truly writes, what is truly preposterous is Goldman's suggestion that these figures would have discussed corrupt deliverables on a speakerphone in a restaurant. (laughs) That was not the point of the calls. The point would have been that Hunter and his team were selling access and the calls with the vice president father confirmed that he was deliverable. Hmm. In Washington, influence peddling is an art form. And the Bidens appear to be political Rembrandts. Demands are conveyed through as few people as possible. For example, Archer uh, reportedly detailed how in 2015, uh, the head of Burisma and another executives uh, pressed Hunter to get help from D.C. to fire a Ukrainian prosecutor who was uh, investigating Burisma for corruption. Archer reportedly said that then Hunter... And the two executives stepped away to make the phone call. Uh That's how it's done. Not on a speakerphone in a popular restaurant filled with political and media figures while ordering breadsticks. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Vice President Biden, who oversaw U.S. support for Ukraine, later made made a billion-dollar aid package dependent on the prosecutor's firing. The prosecutor was promptly fired as Joe Biden himself later brag now the interesting thing is turley and this is what i'm leading up to we've got to have a little bit of entertainment right so get ready for yeah. this audio cut sure uh because 
uh, here's what uh, uh, here's what Turley had on 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 uh, Twitter. White House Archer testified that he never heard of President Biden discussing business. Hmm, sounds familiar. Oh yeah, and then he had this particular audio cut. Are you ready? All right. Okay. For a guy who moved all day long, Paulie didn't talk to six people. If there was a union problem or, say, a beef in the numbers, then only the top guys can meet with Paulie to discuss the problem. <laughs> Everything was one-on-one. Paulie hated conferences. <laughs> I love that movie. The good fellas part about Paul. And then, it, and then he, play, he plays the entire thing of them running to different phone calls. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that the... the uh, uh, Paulie would never make the phone call. Somebody else would make the phone call. Somebody mm-hmm. else would talk to somebody mm-hmm. and then come back and whisper in Paulie's ear. Right. And Paulie was never directly involved in anything because that's how you do things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think Michael Reagan made a great point. I never would have even thought of such a thing. In his business dealings, he would never have it, called his father. Again. Yeah. It, right. it, it, think about that. Now, if there were something where my dad were involved anyway, I would be proud to introduce my father to other people to show my dad off for the man that he is, not for the position that he holds. Hunter was going into business for Hunter. You saw the comment that came out where the back and forth, uh, there was a back and, an exchange, and this came from Hunter's laptop, that one Chinese official loved his last name. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. at first I thought, well, what, did he just like the way it sounded? Oh, no, he liked his last name because it was Biden, because his dad was vice president. Right. And Hunter was bragging about it. It's not about me. He likes my last name. He's practically laying it out there. Uh, yeah, I think I think one of the worst. You know, they're they're spending a lot of time focusing on uh, on um, Archer. And as we said yesterday, the the interesting thing is how the media looks at things. They mm-hmm. look at the totality of 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 everything by one person's testimony when mm-hmm. that's only part of the puzzle and it's a part of the puzzle that actually hurt the bidens because we know now everyone knows how in the last you know week or so that now what the democrats are saying now is hunter was corrupt and fooled his innocent father that hunter took advantage Mm -hmm. of him Mm -hmm. and hunter took advantage of the death of Bo Mm -hmm. because his father was obsessed with Bo and just wanted to love his own son and so his son then did all these things and took advantage. So they're trying to they're trying to portray Hunter as the complete scumbag and Biden as uh, not very coherent as to what his son was doing because you know he's yeah. not coherent. Yeah. And at the same time, these same people saying, "Oh no, he is so bright. He knows exactly what's going on. There isn't anybody that's more sh- that's sharper than him." They're trying to have it both ways. Right. That was pointed out. We said that last night. And I was amazed the number of. Articles I read this morning or the this or yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon that were saying the same thing. Oh, they want it both ways with uh, with Joe, but you see now where it's going, which is okay. That 
the bad business deals, I I think where they're willing to go in the next week or so is Hunter Biden was corrupt and took all this money, but he fooled all of these people. He never got, they never got anything from him, but he was able to enrich his family with the illusion mm-hmm. of influence. Mm-hmm. And that's it's exactly where you and I said they're going to go because they keep they keep moving the goalposts, but moving the goalposts yeah. very, very, very small. But understand, when we talk about this, if you want to know the difference between this and the Trump indictments yesterday, Trump, they're talking about his speech. Right. That's it. Right. Here, what the Republicans are looking at is what was on Hunter's laptop and what he said. Right. What the business partners have said uh, about uh, uh, Joe Biden, the number of people that said Joe Biden was the big guy, the fact of the whole 10 percent. Hunter Biden in his own email, I believe it was it to his sister or daughter. I can't remember which family member it was saying, I hope you don't have to pay. I hope you don't have to support us like we have to support basically dad. Right. I mean, all these things, the worst witness for Hunter, maybe Hunter himself. No, that's that's exactly where, that's exactly where I was going. Uh, you know, with the whole thing of yeah, they don't like me. They like my last name. Yeah, he's he was saying yeah, right. It's not about me, and we. Were, he agrees with Red Eye Radio on that. It's not about Hunter. It's about Joe. No, it's about Joe. Yeah, and that. But Hunter is laying it out. If you just look, he's laying out his own case against him. And against his father, and 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 so are the Demo- so are the Democrats. Yeah. The Democrats now, it's just it's time to throw Hunter under the bus. He was the complete evil one. Yeah, and I like the one because what they're implying with Bo Biden dying is that Joe Biden was so, uh, you know, so in grief mm-hmm. that he would do anything just to love his son, and his son wanted to do him something. So Hunter was a Hunter was corrupt. Hunter was the one, yeah. but Hunt, what Hunter did was his father never took any bribes. Yeah. Hunter just committed fraud mm. against all of these oligarchs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And these oligarchs that got to be oligarchs were fooled by Hunter Biden, and they gave him tens of millions of dollars, mm. but nothing was ever delivered, and there was no knowledge of the president himself, even though the president has consistently lied over the past couple of years, even though the evidence was clear, I guess he couldn't lie anymore after Goldman outed him. Yeah. Where the president said for years he knew nothing about his son's business dealings at all. And right. we know that is a lie. Right. That's the problem they have. And the other problem that they have is when the financial records are made public, whenever that yeah. is. So. Yeah. You know, it's not just about, you know, you, you have Goldman focusing in on saying, well, well, Archer said they never discussed business. So there right there shows that he's completely and totally innocent. Well, no, because I'm not looking at the evidence as a uh, of, of the totality of the evidence of what Devin Archer testified to in that one interview. Right. So even if that's eventually what he's what he said, and it seems like both sides agree that he said that uh, I didn't expect. That he was gonna that that it was going to be Joe Biden and the oligarchs in a public restaurant on a speakerphone talked about what the what the bribe would be. 
Yeah. I, I, th- yeah. It, it yeah. wasn't going to happen like yeah. that. Yeah. And that's what they're sticking to. So they're just picking out points, but they're avoiding the totality of the evidence that actually exists against Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the Biden family. Right. When right. you look at right. all the, uh, because that's the thing. As you notice, the press never touches that, the mainstream media. They never touch on the fact why were there 20? Uh, why were there 20, 20 companies that never existed? Why did these 20 companies funnel money from Hunter Biden and these other foreign entities to nine or 10 Biden family members? That's the thing that they can't win. That's the thing you can't debate. And as uh, we found out, there's even more and there more stories on that yesterday, too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about Comer saying, no, we've got we've got more coming in that will be more damning, uh, more uh, SARS reports. Right. More financial transactions that right. were done. That's going to be more. Da- that's what you can't get away from. That's the problem. That right. They have. Yep. Yep. It, it's well, the the evidence and and it seems to be overwhelming evidence, but ultimately when you get to how the money flowed once that is that is all laid out then it will be very very clear can you imagine i don't know what i expect to happen in the trump indictments and i mean the, the entire list of indictments they're all over the place the documents thing is going to be probably his greatest concern and and that's what uh, we played the audio from Jonathan Turley earlier, and he said, you know, okay, if there's, you know, anything working against him, you know, the other case, and he was alluding to the documents case. But now you look at all the stuff thrown at him by prosecutors, that is nothing. And if these things fall, uh, just as everything is coming around for him to be the presumptive nominee and Uh, spring of next year and everything is coming out more and more about hunter i mean it's going to be a bad summer for democrats but i don't know again i don't know exactly what i expect to happen i'm guessing that the prosecutors moving here want to keep this stuff dangling and don't want anything on donald trump dismissed or even getting to court maybe before november of next year just keep it out there and going, and then if it goes away after election Smith day. Smith says he wants an extremely quick trial. Mm, well, we'll see. We'll see about that, right? Yeah. No, I think they it may would, be. Uh, no, I it think, may be very quick. No, I, I think they I think they want a conviction because they know it won't be overturned. Any conviction won't be overturned for a couple of years. No, yeah, well, I think they want the conviction. They've they you got to get the conviction first. Yeah. Right. And again, the most damaging or or the 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 strongest case, if there is a strongest case here against him, is the documents thing. Yeah, I would agree. And why? Who's 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 his worst witness in that one? Him, him. But it gets back to again what you can prove on. What he was yeah. doing at that time. Right. I, he came out over the weekend, by the way. We didn't talk about it, saying that we didn't tamper with the video. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't delete anything. Yeah. We didn't delete it. They're, they're lying about that. We didn't do anything. Yep. 
866-90-RED-EYE. Smart owner-operators make every single week as profitable as possible. One trip is not enough time to be considered profitable or unprofitable, and an entire month may be too much time to manage. One week is the right amount of time to deal with efficiently. To do so, look at the advantages and disadvantages of every day of the week. Match trip length to the optimum day of the week. Plan to deliver on the day you have the best opportunity of getting a load. Your personal weekly plan will vary depending on the weekly delivery flow cycle of your region, typical length of haul, personal requirements, and other factors. What's important is to have a specific weekly plan that helps you be successful. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website. For more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. I got a message uh, earlier saying, can you guys give us hope? Yes. We're doomed. Uh, we'll get to this story. Oh. Uh, new report out high school boys are trending conservative. <laughs> I saw that the other day. <laughs> the problem is nobody likes high school boys. No, I, <laughs> look, I, I didn't. Ex- I, I, I'll, I'll, they're I, not fun to hang around with. I'll, I'll give you something uh, 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 positive. Yeah. The... Uh, People are finally people are finally uh, fighting back. Yeah, uh, ag- yeah. against yeah. the insanity of the of the left, and right. uh, they yeah. weren't for a while. Right. You and I, many times here, you know, you you look at it, you look at the blue wave of intimidation for uh, you know Black Lives Matter that existed. You know, you want hope, the truth about Black Lives Matter, and you know that came out. Yeah, uh, the lies of Black Lives Matter, the lies of 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 uh, 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 police departments being systemically racist, the lies that defund the police would uh, uh, w- would uh, would work, the lies of people now realizing what went on at the border. So there is there's always hope in the fact that uh, that the abstract of promoting certain political, economic, and social uh, societal um, uh, you know uh, uh, programs has failed miserably now that they've met with reality. Right. So if there's hope, that's where it is. Yes, that exactly. We're finding out what works and what doesn't work and right. what's the truth and what isn't. Right. And join the conversation. One eight six six ninety Red Eye Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, all right, so uh, I guess I got that message earlier. Can you give us hope? High school senior boys are nearly twice as likely to say 
they are conservative than liberal, while high school girls who, who haven't reached their prime uh, continue <laughs> to drift leftward. The Hill reported. So, uh, did you say high school senior boys? Senior boys. Yes. So the seniors and and all right, and the the girls more liberal. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. In annual surveys over the last three years, roughly one quarter of high school seniors self-identified as conservative or very conservative on the monitoring of the future survey. Uh, only 13% of boys identified as liberal, which means <laughs> the vast majority of them, which I believe would be, what, 62% said, uh, I have no idea what I am. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the and for the ones who identified as conservative or very conservative, I would ask the question, what is a conservative? Yeah. That's true. I'd qualify the group first, mm-hmm. but 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 I well we've always many many of them might know that I mean they might know at, at least in general, uh, you know. But uh, I don't expect them to all be able to conduct a talk show. <laughs> now there is one high school senior, uh, Ben Shapiro. He's on the air. You might know him. I don't know if he's graduated high school yet. I think he's a senior, uh, but <laughs> I think he's aging backwards. I think he's not Ben Shapiro. I think he's Benjamin Buttons. I'm trying to think. Did he have a uh, Did he have a uh, show when he was a senior in high school? He might have. Yeah, that was only two years ago. I think he did. Um, we can tease him because he's yeah. Uh, no, we love Ben. Part of Westwood One. Here, yeah, so, okay. yeah, yeah. We can do that without threat of him suing us. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would could, like he could, he could sue you personally. <laughs> yeah, he might you know, want so, to. You know, so I put that. All right, here's if, if you're looking for hope. Mm-hmm. The state of California continues to rely heavily upon fossil fuel fire power plants to ensure residents and businesses have access to reliable energy. Uh, and electricity amid the ongoing heat wave. According to the data compiled by the California Independent System Operator, more than 40% of the state's total power grid derived from natural gas on Sunday, the largest share of any source. You know what I You know what I envision? Dennis Leary? Yeah. From, you know, Demolition Man. Oh, under, yeah. Under, so yeah. I, I, I envision a scene where... The state doesn't want the people, you know, they're they're too busy virtue signaling people like Governor Newsom and other liberals of the state. But secretly, they've got Dennis Leary is in charge of all the fossil fuels and he's doing this underground thing where he's actually powering the state. And they just tell all the liberals that wind and solar are getting it done. And they go in there and Dennis Leary, like, what do you want now, Governor? And he's smoking cigarettes. Um, look, the fact of the matter is, is that these mandates that are being put in place and man, Biden administration, huh? It's, they're just so many regulations. It will, I think by the time we get to, and it's moving quickly by the time we get to probably December of this year, he's going to put a ban on human beings starting in the year 2045. Well, you saw, I think we talked about it on the air. I can't remember. We've talked about so many different things that there's like a a bipartisan group of Democrats and Republicans 
that are looking at the was it the infrastructure yeah. plan? Yeah. And yeah. and stated that no, uh, we need to give oil and gas the same amount. Yeah, we did we did do it we on the air because uh, yesterday. I yeah, think? we did, we did it on the air yesterday because yeah. I remember quoting the Democratic representative where I finished. I said, "Doesn't he sound like a Republican?" Right. On this, because they realize it's a there's now the realization you have Democrats realizing because everybody was living in a delusional world that oh oh solar and wind it sounds so great mm-hmm. well you know something science doesn't care about your opinion nope nope you know and, you, and you the, either you either have the electricity or you don't and, and yeah and, and go ahead and where they wish to go with solar and wind. And increasingly electrifying uh, the products that we use, automobiles. Some Democrat finally said, uh, we're not going to have enough power. Maybe we need to be relying on fossil fuels. At least some of them are starting to come around. Much to the dismay of the L.A. Times, yes. we're not w- willing to give up electricity for a second. We're not willing to give up power Look, the ones who want to choose to live off grid, fine. I like your YouTube channel. That's great. I'll watch your YouTube channel. Uh, but you're, you're delusional. Anybody who believes our entire society will be willing to give up uh, their electricity for a day or two, whatever it is, a week, wherever the uh, discussion is right now, you're delusional. I don't know. They didn't say where it was, but I was watching a YouTube video yesterday, and it was this this uh, guy who had built basically as a floating home. He's yeah. got a floating home. He's yeah. got a boat. There's docks all over the place. Mm. He gets water, and and it's in. The, I they didn't say precisely, you know, where it was. I was thinking it's either probably somewhere in the in the Great Northwest or maybe somewhere in Canada, mm. whatever. And it's off the ocean. I mean, so uh, he said we really don't get any. You know, we get bad rain and stuff, but it never. We never get bad waves here, so they might be in a couple of miles. Okay. He said it's you know it's normally really great, and we've got everything anchored down the boat, and it was a real nice house and mm. and all this, and he's got uh, you know solar panels all over the top, and he does really live. The water comes from a from a little uh, uh, basically a beaver dam reservoir yeah, of clear right. water. I mean, there's yeah. nobody within miles, right? And and so he, I think I don't know if it was his partner or wife, but. She's only been there for like probably seven or eight years, mm. and he's got a, you know he's got a bigger boat and smaller boats and everything up, but everything is floating. Yeah, and right. they yeah. look like they were in their late fifties, maybe early sixties. Okay, and talking about and and she was talking about how hard it is. Yeah, it and is. It was, a, and, that, that's it. And was it sustainable? No, they're going to sell and move, and they don't Here's, know who's going to buy it, but they're going to sell and move because they realize in our old age we can't do what is necessary. You know what it is? You know what the appeal is of, uh, and there's a lot of those on YouTube. You know, they're just, I don't know, go to YouTube and type in off-grid cabin or whatever. Uh, and then all of the nitpickers get in and go, well, you're not totally off-grid. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, <laughs> not completely. But the, the, the whole appeal of it is like a challenge, okay? It's a challenge. I see the appeal of the challenge. If if Eric could take all of his tools and had the time to work in the shop and 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 build things and and fabricate things and put things together, that would be a cool 
uh, challenge to see how far I could get. It would be almost like, uh, uh, I don't know, um, senior citizen Boy Scout badge <laughs> attempt. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it is it is that kind of challenge for a lot of people. We look at it and go, okay, wow, are they really doing it? Now, I'm not going to do it. I'm sitting in my air-conditioned home watching YouTube. I'm not going to do it. I'm not off the grid because I need my device so I can watch the YouTube for the people that are off the grid, and they're not off the grid either uh, because they're posting things and they're creating things, and there's no way that, that they're going to be – now, there are a couple you know, they're, they're, they, that have been profiled, a few here and there. Uh, let's check check in on them you know, 10 years from now. I, did, uh, I do watch this other couple – and they've been, I mean, it's very interesting to watch. And and they built their own home with no experience. They've got solar, pow- uh, solar uh, uh, powering the home, uh, rainwater. And the fact of the matter is, and they have no electri- electricity going to the house, just the batteries and, and solar. And they have the, the water. And it's four of them. They've had two children since the beginning of the build. And they've completed it, and they've moved from Florida to here in Texas. And it's a great channel. It's it's very interesting. The entire project was very interesting. But you can see their challenges. Now, they're they're not saying, well, we're going to give it up yet. Although they did buy new property. I think they're just trying to create new content. But they said... You know, but they showed you the challenge. We have droughts. Every uh, most a lot of areas in the country have droughts, so you don't have enough water. You have to buy water. Well, that's not off the grid. Um, I'm not saying they did that, but but uh, solar panels. Well, you're going to have to upgrade. They've I think they've upgraded twice on their solar pan- panels and battery packs, and and it's all fun to watch and and a very interesting experiment they're getting paid handsomely because they get a ton of views i think they average around 600 700 800,000 views per video and they put out once per week they they have a video drop once a week they're they're getting they're getting uh monetized and that's their you know, that's their job. That's their full-time job. So they're paying for it that way. And if you look at a society where we go, okay, you know, we're interested. The, the The problem with the left is what we've been talking about. It's backwards. You're not appealing to people. If all of this was appealing and were true, scientifically, logistically, were true, that it is more efficient, well, then the marketplace would have already determined that. And you don't have, you don't, you don't need the government to mandate the things to be in place and outlaw other things to be in place. This is the opposite of creating efficiency. Well, you know, when I, I always find it interesting people that are off the grid. I mean, we see the ones that are in YouTube that are successful. What about the number of people that are off the grid? And you need money to live off the grid. Yeah, you need a ton right. of money. I mean, right. it's yeah. like what's your income? Most mm-hmm. and most, let's be honest, most YouTube channels are not profitable, mm-hmm. and so you've got a ton of people that may live off that aren't doing the YouTube thing, mm-hmm. and so okay, they're you know 
they they did it. They were able to get that audience, mm-hmm. and you know, and so they can live off the grid and they can have the income coming in from people watching them. Because I'm fascinated, and I and I tell people. I mean, I, I during COVID is when I really got into watching the people that live van life, mm-hmm. and people are saying, "Are you considering it? What are you out of your mind?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I may have a, an RV no. or a camper or something later. Well, yeah, you know, to travel in. That's not, not to live in. That's not van life. That right. van life is when you live in the van and and you live in the van and your life is and and some of them have been successful in in having um you know again youtube channels mm-hmm. or where they can work uh where they can work uh off the uh you know they they can work from their uh you know remote mm-hmm. remotely for their jobs mm-hmm. and that's fine but it's not great it's, it's this I, I can't even think of the one woman that i was watching that you know and i was watching for about a year and finally she just said Okay, it's time to be honest about van life. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. <laughs> it's well, like, that's, oh, yeah. that's the thing is because you, know, that... you see the beautiful sunrises and everything else that they yeah. show, and there yeah. a lot of these. I mean, great editing and great videos and music behind it, and you're like, okay, they're really good at what they do, but you're out there alone all the time. And the one was talking about how you know it's like it really bothers you. You don't feel connected when you have a home. She said, when I'll go and and stay at somebody's place. Or I get to rent a house for a week or two. You realize what you miss by having a home base. It's it's there's an instinct in us when we go to work and come home. That's the the mm-hmm. hunter hunter <laughs> hunter gatherer uh, when we're at work, and then back to our the security of our home, which is our shelter shelter from. You know, I mean, that's in our instinct to have shelter from the elements, shelter from dangers, to be somewhere and have that base to go back to. It's reassuring when you pull up to your home and you go in and you shut the door and everything's going to be okay. You know, the when when you're roaming, you have to really be a true nomad. To and there are a few of them. Yeah, there are some. Yeah, but you have to be a true nomad to to really enjoy that and not have that instinct, you know, of a home base, you know, wanting that home base all the time. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, uh, does uh, ABC believe the Democrats are racist when it comes to Kamala Harris? We'll get mm. to uh, uh, that one. I like that. And uh, I did find out, you know, uh, uh, we talked about the story where uh, Pritzker, uh, governor of uh, Illinois, yeah. uh, signed a bill to allow uh, non-U.S. citizens to become police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's against federal law. Right. I didn't know that, but that was against. I did some research. We did some research yesterday. Apparently, it's, it's against federal law, so that will be challenged. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
now. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. If you find you can't listen live overnight. And thank you. Yes, as always. Well, yesterday was one of those days because we can only water our lawns twice a week. And and that's whether there's a water shortage or not. Oh, well, I've never had restrictions. Yep, we have restrictions uh, Tuesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. Up early because you have to make sure everything is watered before 10, before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so when I got home, I I put on my sprinkler system, mm-hmm. you know, that was early in the morning. But then I got up probably, I slept just a couple of hours and then, because I sleep twice a day, and got up and started, you know, taking, you know, I've got a sprinkler that attaches to the hose to parts that I'm not necessarily sure gets the amount of water that it needs. And it takes a while to do that all over the front and, and back lawn just mm-hmm. to soak them, uh, you know, a, a little bit. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, it'll die. <laughs> when you have 105, 106, 108, mm-hmm. almost every single day for weeks. I think yesterday, uh, WFAA, I think, is where I saw it, uh, uh, ABC TV affiliate here in mm-hmm. Dallas. I think they said 107 it had reached 107 at i don't know if it got up higher than that that was right about the time i was going to sleep between i think 4 30 and 5 somewhere around there yeah i saw 107 in my town yeah yesterday so it's funny because i went i walk out to get the mail just a little bit before i go to sleep so it's nearly the hottest part of the day you just want to feel it and you walk out it's good it's better than being muggy. It's better. It's better than being muggy. And if walk- there were no wind and high humidity, oh, <laughs> I'd be packing my bags. It would be. It would be so unbearable. But up up uh, north, I had a, a friend of mine who uh, lives and works in Chicago, and she was saying yeah. August first. No, summer's going too quickly. <laughs> I had to message her on Twitter. Yeah. I said. Mm. Well, it could go a little quicker for us, and I and I think I posted where it was 107, <laughs> and she just said we haven't had that many hot days here. It feels like feels like you know we're going to be done in a month, and we really haven't had a summer. And same with uh, my family and friends in Buffalo. They're like, wow, it's you know we really it's been it's been cooler here, and it's been I think cooler all this week too. And so they want a, more of a legitimate summer, uh, and so. <laughs> So it all depends on where you are. Some places are warmer. Some places are colder. There is no average temperature. An average temperature is a, is basically the average of all the different fluctuations. Well, m- my thought on that is what's the average temperature since the beginning of time? No one can tell you. <laughs> it's hot in the summer if you live in the southern tier. 
going to be cold in the winter if you live in the northern tier. Look, everybody, I'm a genius. <laughs> I The thing is, I as long as the AC works, I enjoy it. I love swimming, and everybody tells me, you need a chiller for your pool. I'm like, no, I like it when it's warm. I like swimming when it's warm. Mm. I have no, I have zero algae problems. I will say this one thing. Uh, I'm on the uh, the Facebook, the pool maintenance page. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The people yeah. that get pools and have no idea of the chemistry of pools. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Help. <laughs> yeah. And then when you have a pool, you know, mm-hmm. when you have a pool for a while, mm-hmm. you just know. You know yeah, how yeah. it's it's like you know you're looking at oh no I have a pet it's my pool <laughs> you know I, and I know what it needs when it needs it's it like having a second yard because I mean yeah. it's, it is work but you have to know what you're doing if you're doing it yourself yeah and I I do everything myself and yeah. I, you know I clean I clean the filters I you know except for the big stuff if you know when it, when it comes to getting a new pump I'm not going to mess with those electronics I will not mess with electronics in a pool. <laughs> Yeah, I want like, the I electricity want electricity and water. I, those yes. the, uh, yes. those two together mm-hmm. are not invited to my party at the same time. Oh, I can remember when we had Frizola and I had to put the portable sump pumps that you submerge in your pool. Mm. My father was on my case every day. Do you understand how electricity runs? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not. You realize if, if something's wrong with that sump pump, you get electric. Yes, I yeah. understand. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not. Yes. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. Okay, all right. Now you're doing it every time. Yes, I'm doing it every time I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, "Because you know electricity." I said, "I know. I'm not. I'm never going to complete the circuit, Dad." <laughs> I, I'm. I under. He goes, "Okay, well then you do have an understanding of electricity." Yes. No. When when, you know, and I've changed outlets before and and done that, but when I'm doing it, that's probably the most nervous I am with any household chore or small project is that i'm not nervous i'm just extremely aware well my thought is is that because you turn off the breaker right you turn off the power to the switch you're not you're not a radio engineer (laughs) this radio engineer in my first few years give me a paper clip hey you want to see something neat he actually said that to me said, sure. I go back there to the back of the building where the transmitter was. Now, these days, transmitters are offsite. We don't even know if we have transmitters. We're not even sure. We can't prove it. <laughs> back yes, back right. in the day, yeah. they were right behind your chair. Well, oh. the transmitter was right next right to there. the studio, and yeah. the lines went yep. right out to the exactly. antenna. That... Exactly. It was right there. Yeah. The and, and so... I had a sense, and it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm on the air, and the engineer says, hey, you want to see something neat? Still to this day, in my mind, I'm going, what the hell happened? I walk back there, and he's got one of the big, long flathead screwdrivers. And he touches something on the transmitter. I don't know what it was. It instantly 
explodes, eats half of the shaft of that screwdriver and sends shrapnel into his chest through his shirt, burning. And he's dusting it off like he's spilled Cheetos or something. And I don't know what he did and why he did it. He's a radio engineer. <laughs> They're all nuts. I it's the ones I've known are. It was and I thought to myself, I almost just died. Fine people, but nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean they keep us on the air, but yes. seriously. But they're all crazy. Why would you let them out of the house otherwise? <laughs> I mean, it was just weird. And when I'm doing projects, it's it's just in my mind, it's it's like, okay. You know, I have to double check, and then it's like, okay, nobody go anywhere near the breaker box. <laughs> and and I I just don't I don't I don't I try not to mess with electricity too much. If it's Same if it's it, a yeah. project right. and it's got a, a certain number of steps, all right, I'm going to call a pro, and then I'm going to find basically an entire project to line out for them so that I'm getting more of my money's worth and and that they're there to a number of things. Well, see, I, I always think it's healthy because a lot of people don't want to know that. I don't want to know about electricity. Whatever. It's like I want to know about it all. Oh yeah, I want to learn about it because yeah. I would rather know. For example, that my house is full of electric lines and gas lines that, if not operating properly, can kill me at any time. Yeah, well, I like yeah. I like knowing that it yeah. does it, it because it doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though, you know, with the gas pipes running all over your house, that's the one yeah. thing. That, you know, but then again, you do have that warning because you, you walk in, you go, hey, you run. If you <laughs> well, unless you lost part of your smell senses thanks to COVID. Oh, yeah. Thanks wow. A, thanks a lot, Fauci. Um, but <laughs> but <laughs> let's just throw that at him. But <laughs> just, just why not? Why not? Just pile well, it on. I think you ought to be criminally charged. Uh, yeah, why not? Exactly. <laughs> right, we'll indict right. him. But indict him. Uh, I had a uh, we had a guy uh, come out, and my wife has a beautiful vegetable garden in, in the backyard, it, it, and it's it's just great. But we had this old gas, natural gas powered lantern, and it was not operable. Uh, it had been turned off some time ago. And so finally she thought, okay, let's get rid of it. It's just in the way. And so she had a, a plumbing company come out and, and take it out and cap the gas line that was, which, which by the way, was on the other side of that fence. It's in the backyard. It's is where the gas meter is, where the natural gas meter is. And so it's right there. And so the guy just, it was very simple. I mean, you can't even tell where it was. I mean, he just uh, pulled it up and then capped that line. Well, a day or two later, I noticed the water heater wasn't working. And I noticed that after a 10-minute cold shower. And I thought, okay, I'm guessing that the pilot only, you know, some if the, if the burner turns off and it's only the pilot burning on that, gas-powered water heater, then if there's a disruption in that service as a safety mechanism, that pilot will go, the pilot light will turn off. It will just go out mm-hmm. because there's any disruption in that line, that supply line. And that's exactly what happened. I, I know it. I didn't even have to call the plumber. 
but I had to go relight my pilot light, which is easy to do. It's a few steps. It's not that hard. Now, back in the day, it was more like doing something with a radio engineer because, you know, today's water heaters, my the one I have is only a few years old. Uh, they it's it's much easier to do back in the day. We had to you know had to get a, a match out and reach under there and the whole thing with the older water heaters. And now it's just there's a switch and you 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 turn it on and you you basically uh, activate the igniter and then it turns mm-hmm. on and then yeah they all have igniters you know and so all of that you know is you have to know understand what's going on and I love learning that because. When you're in the um, freeze apocalypse, it comes in handy as mm-hmm. to what you have available and what you don't, and that's exactly how it played out for us in freeze apocalypse and a couple of other freezes where we lost electricity, but we still had our fireplace, a gas-powered fireplace. Sorry, California, we still have that in Texas, and we had a gas uh, stovetop, uh, gas water heater, and so. We didn't have any issues. We could have a hot shower. We could cook things, and we could sit by the fireplace in the living room if it got too cold. So we had a, a house when I was growing up, uh, where I grew up. The uh, uh, street uh, house was probably behind us, but down about four houses. Mm. Uh, and for some reason, they didn't have basements. We all had basements huh. on our street. This one had like a crawl a foundation with a crawl space. Okay. Well. That's where the leak was, apparently, in the natural oh. gas. Oh, man. Didn't blow the house to bits, because right. if it's in the entire house yeah. and it goes off, the house is gone, as yeah. we all know. I mean, yeah. And, um, uh, but it, we heard the boom. Oh. Basically lifted the entire house and moved it about four feet and set it down. Oh, my god! So there was damage to the walls, but the house itself didn't blow up, but it just lifted it because it was just wow. limited amount of, of space where that natural gas mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. So then, boom, and like lifted the entire house, moved it like to the right four yeah. feet, yeah. and set it back down. So I don't know if it went up like five feet in the air and then came back down. Wow. It must have. must have gone up like five feet in the air and then came back down, but it didn't blow apart right. the whole house. Wow. Never forget that. Wow. Looking at the house, they had to demolish the whole thing. Though, yeah, like, sure. At that point. Yeah. And then rebuild it. But that was like, ooh, we heard it. It was like, boom. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. So that was so I you oh I always have a healthy, healthy respect uh for that. Yeah. Very healthy. For respect. all the different sources of energy. Yes. Yeah. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Hmm. Something we brought up with EVs. And you and I remember covering Hurricane Rita and how many people were leaving the Gulf Coast of Texas and driving north on I forty five. And running out of gas because there was a, there was a, just this long line of people, and and it was traffic was stopped, and so they were sitting there and they were running out of gas, and people were having to deliver gas to them. If you get into a situation in in a, whatever natural disaster, and you've got and and you were to get to a point of EVs being mandated and that mandate being in, in full effect. How are they going? How is that energy supply for that vehicle going to be portable? Great article on EVs I read the other day. You just very smoothly got us into that. Mm. Coming up. All right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
In Toronto Radio, he's our calling. I'm Gary McNamara. We'll get to that EV story coming up on the bottom of uh, the hour. But okay. I just, th- this actually was a story from a couple of days ago. Uh, Kamala Harris doing the ABC News interview. Yeah. And, uh, and number one, they, they, they were talking about her polling. Mm-hmm. She goes, oh, there's a lot of polls that show me doing great. And, and the response was, name one. Name N- not, one. Not from ABC, but the critics of that yeah, yeah, said, yeah. name one. I mean, because yeah. there, there isn't one. Right. But uh, the this headline here where ABC News asked Kamala Harris how much race and gender contribute to her dismal polling. Well, that's an indictment of Democrats. Right. You know, we, we talked about when, remember when she was out, she was out first, right, in the last, yeah. in in, uh, in 2020? Yeah, she dropped out in, in yeah. December of 2019. And remember, it was all because of race and gender. And right. Race and gender. It's like, well, okay, well, you're correct. You're saying that... Uh, the Democrats are sexist and racist. Well, they're the ones that practice identity politics, so apparently you're right. Yeah, there's um, a primary season that's your own party. So I guess I have to ask ABC, is that what you're asking? Are Democrats racist and sexist? Right. <laughs> I mean, is there any self-awareness no, at all isn't. anymore? No, no, there isn't. All right, all right, two things. What? Two things. What? The problems with society. It's not greed. It's not race. It's the acceptance of lies. And no, <laughs> nobody has any type of self-awareness whatsoever. No, those are the two things. <laughs> I, two things. I, during one of the breaks earlier in the show, and we've said this on the air over the over the years a few times. Our acceptance of lies as a society more and more. Our acceptance of dishonesty and, and further wholly dishonest people, and I don't mean just people in public service, but in general, is what helps to build what is going on on the left. If if you're willing to do that, you're willing to look at, like, the the indictments that came down yesterday against Trump, and they're, they're based on nothing. They're based on uh, him saying things which aren't against the law. When you see the political tactics of these activist prosecutors, they get away with it because people accept lies. They don't care. Sussman trial. Eh, I may have lied to the FBI, but eh, who cares? That's basically what one juror said. When you can do that, when we have, when we become accepting of wholly dishonest people and a wholly dishonest society, then everything is possible. Anything is possible in terms of lying. to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so uh, this was a couple of days ago in National Review, Luther Ray Abel. Uh, <laughs> EVs aren't undercooked. You're just stupid. <laughs> <It> goes, <laughs> Consumers are dense and need EVs slowly explained to them. So mm. seems 
to say Audi's head of sales and marketing okay. in a recent interview with the leading auto, uh, automotive trade publication. Automotive News reports, quote, I want the customers to be aware that there is a choice and that they can go for an electric car and that this electric car does offer 300 miles, does offer fast charging, with I th- which I think is more important than actually the range, uh, the uh, CEO told Automotive News. But she said automakers need to educate consumers in an entertaining way that there is nothing to be afraid of. It's natural that you need to get acquainted with it, and there are lots of things in, a, in an electric car that you need to be aware of. She said that brands should aim their marketing to tell all consumers why we are doing this, not just to sell another new technology. We are doing it to decarbonize, and we need to come to an end with fossil fuels. Uh. And then he writes, hearing that a move to electricity without an apparent tangible advantage for the consumer is a tough sell. I mean, this uh-huh. this is all stuff that we've said. It's just the way that he wrote it is just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, at least to me. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's all truthful. Right. He said, especially when decarbonization emits from the mouths of the fathers of smog and Volkswagen <laughs> Group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, really, when looking to explain why people aren't buying one's wares outside of logistical issues, there are two possibilities. Hmm. The first could be that no one knows of your superior product. So you advertise. Mm -hmm. And now aware of the product's usefulness, consumers reward your enterprise, right? Yep. It's great. I've got, you and I got our new smartphones a couple of months ago. Yeah. Very happy with it. Right. I knew because they advertised, I knew what was in it. And my new one is cordless. Yeah, same. <laughs> same with mine. <laughs> and and so, if you advertise, then customers reward your enterprise. But EV producers spent two hundred and twenty-eight million on ads through quarter number three. Mm. This is of last year. People yeah. are aware of the option. The second possibility is that consumers know your product and don't want it, uh. either because it's garbage. It doesn't fit their needs or because the value proposition is poor. EVs fit all three categories here. They have alternative needs, charging locations, operation, have practical drawbacks, range and altered cockpits, and cost dearly for entry models. Hmm. Note, were it not for the U.S. government and other political entities demanding a rush job, There'd be no need to gripe about EVs. Hmm. Normally, EVs would be the province of your uncle, the one, the one wearing hmm. the thick glasses. Hmm. Yeah, uh, listens to vinyl uh-huh. <laughs> and adopts all tech early and often. Mm-hmm. Most of which is doomed to be neatly organized and forgotten in his basement after a few weeks. Hmm. Guys like your uncle help iron out. <laughs> The deficiencies. So electric vehicles are undercooked, and that's to be expected. It's a young technology. Mm-hmm. Then goes on to talk about this is really just interesting here that if 
you know, that uh, if you're, you know, what what they should have actually done with EVs. Make some good points here. Automakers are complicit in their own regulation and give governments the cover they need to set unreasonable expectations by promising the future is electric and setting ridiculous goals for themselves to generate press. Then when the government take uh, those boasts and make them policy, the auto manufacturers come crying uh, to free market types to argue against such policies on their behalf. Don't worry, I'll be the flack, but how about you and your liberal arts uh, work program you've got infesting the marketing offices while I do that? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, for EVs to take off, a few things have to happen. One, the auto industry has to make every part of purchasing and owning an EV more pleasant and intuitive than owning an internal combustion engine vehicle. The consumer base trends older. Ditch the iPad and the console and bring back dials, buttons, and a gauge cluster. Do the grandma test if it takes more than 15 minutes to teach a kind-hearted older lady how to start and operate the vehicle. You're wrong. There should not be apps, logins, and new processes. Electrification should make an automobile simpler as there are no longer the precious fluids and machinery an engine requires to support its operation. The ideal EV should be a little more than an enclosed golf cart, and there's a willingness to incorporate small local conveyances using that tech. A sub $20,000 EV that can get people around town with climate controls and a Bluetooth speaker would suffice. Going slowly over short distances is where batteries are best. There you go. The best solution for a relatively clean, comfortable, and economic automobile is the hybrid internal combustion engine and battery pack working in tandem. The battery assists the internal combustion engine during acceleration, and the internal combustion engine takes over at speed. Consumers fill up at the same quick-trip gas pump they've always used, and everyone makes it home safely with money in their pockets. Uh, Toyota has done a remarkable job with their latest uh, hybrid Prius, which now has zip, 0 to 60 in 6.4 seconds, finally isn't a visual embarrassment <laughs> and is well provisioned for under 40000 but even it is soon to be considered too dirty, and hybrids are considered too dirty. Now, no, that's right? uh, that's what I uh, I was about to say. You can't uh, hybrid. That's no, no, no. That's some. That's your grandpa's technology. We're not. No, no, we're beyond that. We already have the answer to cleaner, quieter cars that people are comfortably operating. What's missing is telling marketing teams no and disarming the EPA. Consumers are not stupid, and that's why precisely they avoid EVs. And this yeah, this right. goes in tandem, this article, mm. with the Ford article earlier this week that they lost 4.5, yeah. was a billion in the last quarter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on electric vehicles. Right. Yeah, and the, you know, what it comes down to, and, and I would also, um, you know, that's not the entire process of ownership, right? The ownership of a vehicle, uh, the process of, Using it daily, some very interesting points made there. But now you've got to get to the point of, um, oh, what about maintenance? What about long-term ownership? A lot of people look at it and say, okay, 
I may not keep the same car for 10 years, but I might buy a five-year-old car and keep it for five years, which would mean it's 10 years old. The point is, is that at some point you're going to have to have a, uh, a some kind of uh, experience with a with whatever the maintenance is going. The, uh, repairs, really, maintenance is one thing. Repairs is the big question. And when you have so many proprietary things in place, the EVs are a lot like you brought up our our cell phones. The EVs are a lot like cell phones. Now. That's the same with an internal combustion engine. You know, a Ford engine is different than uh, a Chevy engine, or but there are different. There are there are things where there are so many commonalities that that you can walk into a shop and they're going to be able to work on a Ford or a Chevy. And when you talk about a Tesla versus a Rivian or whatever it might be. The technology is going to be different because they're all racing to get the best technology, the coolest technology, something that will appeal in some way to the consumer. And that requires many proprietary items along the way to be put into place, which means, well, okay, now I have to. Because when you buy a car, you don't have to take it to the dealership for maintenance or repairs. You can take it to many different shops with an internal combustion engine. But right now, tell me how they're going to uh, long-term fix this game of all these proprietary items, including charging along the way. I think Elon Musk even brought that up uh, a couple of months ago. we're, We're not even... This is separate from the conversation that we have had of what it would take for the grid to power, if we mandated oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. vehicles for everybody, EVs for everybody, you, you it, we're not we're not even close to that, right. and we won't be anywhere close to it even in twenty thirty five. No, California. No, we will. We will not. Be so able. those are the those are the things that that I would add on to that, which is again the entire ownership of the vehicle, not just the daily operations. Uh, it, they're right. Look, you don't want to get in. You don't want to relearn something brand new. You know, it reminds me of um, Independence Day. They get into the uh, uh, the 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 alien spacecraft, and they've got to somehow <laughs> learn the alien spacecraft. You know, so <laughs> you're setting in something, and that also is proprietary because they want to appeal based on different technologies and and amenities, and and certainly. And remember, they drove it backwards to yeah, start out. Remember exactly. <laughs> yeah, and the. There is some of that when you jump from an older vehicle and get into a modern vehicle uh, with, with any vehicle. Or you change uh, uh, makes. If you if you were, if you always owned Ford and then you went and bought a, a Toyota, there might be a couple of things you have to learn. But basically, you know. I mean, you, you it's not a learning process like it is. Well, with re- with EVs. Remember, and- the, remember the learning process to begin with, with the new when the smartphones first came out? Mm-hmm. I remember screaming like crazy. I'm in my house alone screaming. I cannot get this has to be uh I'm going to guess 2007 2008 maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe 2009, I can't remember mm-hmm. when the first really smart smartphones came out and they weren't like now they're, you know, very operator friendly. They're they're intu- they're more intuitive. More intuitive. Yes. They and it was like I I couldn't figure it out. I remember scream 
all day. But the reason I stuck with it is I knew I was going to have something that I didn't have before. Yeah. Something that would make it made my life harder for that day. Mm-hmm. But then I knew it would make my life more efficient and productive. The one thing, and as he said here, consumers aren't stupid. You know, and that's what they're trying to portray. Consumers are stupid. You need to explain to them the benefit of it. And what's the benefit? The benefit is not a better car. The benefit is you're saving the planet. Well, they're stupid because they forgot the first thing about economics. And uh, to quote, and it was his birthday on uh, the 31st of July, the late Milton Friedman, yeah. who, who would yeah. have been 111 years old mm-hmm. uh, when he, you know, how many times did he state, no matter what you want to think, Consumers act in their own self-interest. That's human, it. That's human it. beings. That's it doesn't it. matter whether you're in a. How com- does it serve me right, right now? And when you're in a, whether you're in a communist society, yep, or uh, or a uh, free market society, yep, all consumers act in their best interest. How does it serve me right, right now? And That's it, how and, it, and as soon as you tr- chuck that out the window and say no, we can tell them and convince them what to buy. You're full of. You well, know what? You know, I mean, right now uh, with with cell phones, the the proprietary issues between uh, Apple, uh, the makers of the iPhone, and Android, um, they've been there around for years. You know, and but you look at some of the top uh, technological minds out there, uh, and as in terms of a reviewer, I put Marques Brownlee up there at the top. A very smart guy, and he talks about those things. He says, you know, there are things he believes, and I don't want to speak for him and and speak out of turn here, but but many believe, and he believes on on some things, that, look, there needs to be some shared technology so that there is greater communication, ultimately. But they're not about to go that way because those proprietary things keep people loyal to either one or the other, and that's their bread and butter. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. So, yeah, I mean, just uh, that article is interesting on on, uh, on on electric vehicles. But, I mean, the entire concept of where we're going as a society, and I, I was pleasantly surprised earlier this week when we did the story about uh, Democrats uh, also with the Republicans wanting to overturn part of the Infrastructure uh, Act that would not give the same tax benefits yeah. to oil and natural right. gas companies and right. saying, look, we need it. And Democrats, I think you had 12 of them, which is a start in agreement with it. So they know the insanity of what has been mainstream in the Democratic Party over the last 20 years, which has been, we can run society and the grid on solar and wind, which is pure garbage. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. 
from the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA. Even Hawaii and Alaska. <laughs> All of the USA and the world. Mm-hmm. Welcome. We are Red Eye Radio. Mm-hmm. Download our app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. You know, it was yesterday we were talking. Was it yesterday? We were t- yeah. We were uh, uh, talking about how the the, uh, the the federal government, the Republicans say, are perverting uh, the, uh, the the law, the education law, which uh, the Education Department came out and said, or the, the Biden administration came out and said, uh, no longer will we give federal funds to any school that has archery lessons and or hunting uh, safety lessons. And you and I talked about the fact of how the left wants to get to the kids early. Yeah. You know, you look, you, you look at that. You look at the um, where they where they stand, the insanity of where they stand on the uh, radical transgender movement and wanting to give kids the the, uh, you know, uh, the sole authority at a very young age to commit, you know, basically mutilate their bodies and the insanity. You're like, you know, where's this, you know, where's this coming from? I mean, it's like, why are we doing this to our our kids? We talk about what happened during COVID where kids couldn't get out and couldn't socialize. And and the fact that the the incidence of young girls trying to commit suicide, what was it, 50%? I mean, just yeah. unbelievable numbers. Yeah. I just happened to see this and I thought this fits in to every, all of those all of those particular issues. This is a uh, uh written real clear health dot blog by uh, Dr. James Hegarty, diplomat of the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology hmm. and board, board certified in both general and forensic psychiatry, also is a commander in the U.S. Uh, US Navy's medical corps. And here's the column that he wrote, is our addiction to selfies driving the surge to suicide or the thoughts of suicide? And he's wrote this yesterday. The mental health field has seen numerous concern concerning studies and trends pouring over the last few years, recently culminating with the CDC's release of their latest youth risk survey, which contains some of the most sobering numbers yet. More than one in 14 girls seriously considered attempting suicide in 2021, while nearly six in 10 reported feeling persistently sad and hopeless. Much of the response in the media and the medical community is focused on uh, mental, more mental health providers and gaps in access in mental health care. However, when one takes a step back and considers that it is also true that from a mental health perspective, Generation Z is indisputably the most treated, most engaged, and most medicated generation in our country's history. This fact suggests that the very real possibility that perhaps our core problem and therefore best potential solution may run deeper than simply getting more of today's youth on medication. I believe that the key to turning things around starts with the very basic premise that human beings are innately social beings. Medically, we see evidence of this in the very first stages of life. When a new mother is allowed to hold their newborn infant, studies show the infant is better able to regulate their own vitals, including heart rate, body temperature, and oxygen levels. This practice, now referred to as skin-to-skin time, has become widely encouraged by my colleagues. 
we also see the benefits of socialization toward the end of the life cycle with Alzheimer's patients demonstrating better cognitive function if they get regular socialization and uh, remain in meaningful relationships. Unfortunately, it appears that social media or, or digital socialization does not offer the same clinical benefits seen with actual socialization. And in fact, many studies now show it can be the driver of significant psychological distress. As a board-certified forensic psychiatrist and father of four young children, including three daughters all under the age of 10, I believe the epidemic we are witnessing in anxiety, depression, and thoughts of suicide among today's teens and young adults is not simply an access to care problem. Rather, I believe today's youth is responding as I would expect them to, given this new virtual lifestyle and the and the associated very superficial, deeply pathological message our modern society is sending them. In a variety of ways, we seem to be signaling to our children and our teens that what matters in life are one's numbers of followers, physical appearance, and materialistic possessions. Relatedly, a recent Wall Street Journal poll found that many traditional American values that involve caring for others, including patriotism and community involvement, are on the decline, while the only priority that has risen in recent years among Americans is money. This is a deeply flawed and hollow mindset that will inevitably lead to intense levels of disappointment and despair in virtually all cases, with spikes in anxiety, depression, and thoughts of suicide to follow. This is precisely what our young ones are currently experiencing and struggling with. After all, if a young teen spends countless hours viewing and posting highly selective pictures online, pictures are then run through a slew of artificial filters. Is it any wonder why the same teen may experience high levels of anxiety and insecurity when leaving their home to step out in a into a completely unfiltered world? And I believe that's part of it, but you and I have talked about this before. Think about climate change. Think about what they're teaching in schools today. Think about it. And we talked about, you know, uh, Greta. I almost said Greta Van Susteren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Greta Thunberg. <laughs> uh, and and the uh, the other member, and it was uh, all young girls. Uh, remember that interview that they were talking with them about, you know, what about college? They said, we're not going to be alive for college. I also think it's what they're being taught. I think the left in their teaching of a doomsday scenario and teaching kids that there aren't, there is no future for them. There is no future. Right. You're a victim. And I do think, and this, he doesn't really talk about this here. And I'm not saying that the isolation, because I, I was it, um, was I talking to you yesterday just about, you know, phone calls. I call my dad, but almost all my friends that I used to call, we text. Right. It's very rare that you call somebody anymore. Right. You, right text them now we're adults and we've socialized our entire life so for us we have those skills of socializing you know we have it down we you know we grew up in a completely different way it wasn't you know our first impressions of how you work in society was not virtual right and so that it became part of the technology that we used I think makes it so, yeah, we're, you know, we're probably, I mean, we're talk show hosts, so we are warped a little bit, uh, but, you know, it, it makes it so it doesn't affect us so much. But if you grow up in that little bubble of isolation 
where so much of your outside world is just virtual. And then when you go to school, you're told you can't make it. Mm-hmm. When right. you're when you're told you judge people by groups and not individuals. Yeah. When you tell young people that they're not going to be able to live to be adults because the world is going to go away. Mm. What the hell do you expect? Well, and these are the things that during COVID became problematic, I believe, because it's the same effect of the climate change fear mongering. It's the world is ending. You could die if someone breathes on you during COVID. With adolescent, uh, both girls and boys, with adolescents, they're looking to kind of find their place in their social group. But they're also, they still need uh, parents and adults to be there and give them that security. And what they created in sounding the siren the way they did during COVID and what they're doing with climate change is instilling fear. This is how you get a Greta Thunberg. They may not all display what she does. They may not all be uh, uh, vocal as she is. But make no mistake, there is absolutely an effect. And that 51% increase in suicides with adolescent women happened because, I believe, because it you were sounding the alarm that the world was coming to an end and you were saying it was happening, and it was happening all over the world. But the reaction to it, I believe, went over the top. So then every... Everything that they see, if they do leave the house, because remember, they're getting their school now in the living room or the kitchen. And if they leave the house, everybody's wearing a mask and they're told. Someone could you could die if someone breathes on you. We looked at the risk. You broke down the risk in different groups in different age groups as we have with as a society with every different uh, disease. We do it every flu season. And the older you were, the more at risk you were. If you had health problems, the more at risk you were. But with young people, the risk was minimal, almost non-existent. Yet the fear in that mind was damaging And it was long-term damage, and it was so bad that it, I believe, had a massive impact on the mental health of children. But I think it had an impact. There's no way it didn't contribute to that jump in suicides with adolescent women. No, it's a great point. And uh, we're we're teaching hopelessness, and and children look for that. It, it it's just part of the instinct. They're looking to find their way, but they need to. They're they're looking to fly because that's you're at that age. Who who am I, and what do I want to be in life? And all of these things are coming together, but you don't want to stray too far from the nest. You still need that home base to be solid. You still need adults 
there for that security, that reassurance that we're here and we're going to help you fly. We're going to empower you. You'll learn things that you'll be able to use in the world and you'll be okay. And everything is going to be okay. And it was quite the opposite. And with global warming, it is something that they have been using as a tactic and it's dangerous. One of the things, too, is is if you couple that with technology, the use of the technology, there's something called reactive attachment disorder. I learned about this when we started moving to adopt my daughter. And you learn about kids that are in the system. And I learned about reactive attachment disorder. And what neglect and abuse can do at a very early age, the earliest of ages, and as an infant or a toddler, that as humans, we need to be coddled, we need to be held, we need to be nurtured. We need that kindness, that love that parents give us during those years. And if it isn't done during that time, it creates a very serious long-term set of conditions. That's not just one. Reactive attachment disorder mm-hmm. is, is different. The reason I bring that up here is because as we, we talk about socializing as, as adolescents and, and what any device may do in terms of, you know, their, their attention here. But also it is the impact of the stimulation they're getting, which is the information that they are getting from whatever device it is. So you're disconnecting them from the human involvement face-to-face. Skin contact, I think, is how they phrase it here. Skin to skin, yeah. Skin to skin, that human, that direct involvement, you cannot replace that. And I, I know about that because I know about that reactive attachment disorder because that's what, that nurturing, that at, at the very, in the, in the first hours and days after we are born, is critical to the brain's chemistry, to the mental health for life. And when we start separating from the from our group, from other humans, it does damage. And then when we start instilling fear and you couple it with technology that is relentless. In the paranoia, not just fear. It is paranoia. It is relentless. Right. If you were to, I would love to see a count. It has to have been done on the number of images and thoughts and ideas that are relayed to the average adolescent or child who has a device. And it has to be, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's in the millions. It could be in the tens of millions on a regular basis. And daily, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. It's nonstop. And, you know, they mentioned the selfies here. And then you've got to measure yourself against others because wow, they look pretty in their picture, and now I've got to look pretty in my picture, and I've got to have as many likes as they do. And we start having this contest, which was going to happen in our social group anyway, but it's very different when we're doing it face-to-face, when we're doing it actually in the group. In the virtual world, it is relentless, 
And I don't know how in the world kids deal with that today, especially adolescents. 86690 Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Roadside inspections all begin with the driver interview, during which the officer will gather basic information from the driver and prepare the driver for the inspection. The officer will also be evaluating the driver, determining if the driver can speak English, is under the influence of anything, has an illness, or is fatigued. The officer will ask the driver for required documents, including vehicle and driver credentials, the driver's log, and shipment paperwork. The officer may also conduct a vehicle inspection. Before beginning the inspection, the officer will take steps to make sure the inspection can be done safely. These include chalking the wheels, wearing personal protective equipment, and explaining what will be required of the driver. The driver needs to pay close attention to these instructions so that the vehicle inspection can be conducted in a manner that is safe for the inspection official. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. But you think about it when you you think about what we're teaching young kids today, especially when you know half the country is you know it's we have when you look at it, we have liberals and cons- more conservatives. You know, we got the mm-hmm. Republican Democratic Party, mm-hmm. but when you have a Democratic Party that teaches every day identity politics, yeah, you, know, you and I were the first ones to say when uh, uh, when Bernie Sanders started saying you can't make it in life. Because of billionaires. Right. And I'll never forget getting that call from the student at UCLA who said, well, you know, I can't make it because of the billionaires. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And we're just, we shook our heads saying, my God, who does that? What type of adults tell kids that life is going to be hopeless? And so when, you know, I read that last article, it just, you know, it hit you. You take everything. You take what happened during COVID. You take technology in the virtual world that so many kids live in uh, uh, today, how they were basically uh, uh, shut in and the masks and not at school every day, all the insanity that they're being taught, uh, you know, with uh, the the insane radical transgender activist movement. And we wonder why their minds are screwed up. Right. Well, over that's what be- over because over. because half of the country agrees that this is how this is what we should be teaching young kids. Right. I'm not exactly. That's half the country. No, that's it. You looked at me and no, no, that's it. There's there's no other way to 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 put it. Yeah, it's just amazing. What what do you expect? Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. All right, now, uh, Trump and the indictment yesterday, we went we went through it and said basically it's 
they're going after protected free speech. So I have the transcript of Raskin on CNN. Uh, Here it is. Jimmy Raskin destroys Trump free speech defense against new bombshell charges in Rachel Maddow (laughs) interview. All right. Mm -hmm. So let's look. Let's read the script, because as we have said, you know, you look at it. They're they go. They're going after free speech. Mm -hmm. They're going after free. They're going after political speech. All right. Here's what Raskin said. This is a quote now. We know that our friends across the aisle are trying to mobilize some big free speech defense of Donald Trump here, which is just comical because, of course, you have the right to say, for example, oh, I think that the meeting of the House and the Senate in joint session to count uh, electoral college votes is a fraud or is taking away, you know, Donald Trump's presidency. You can say whatever you want, but the minute you actually try to obstruct the meeting of Congress, you've crossed over from speech to conduct. Where? Where? Where did that happen? Exactly where? Precisely. Precisely where did that where did that happen? Right. That Trump that Trump himself right. did that. Where? Because he encouraged people to peacefully protest and outside the Capitol. And and he encouraged he he uh encouraged his vice president. Mm-hmm. To do something that the vice president said, no, I don't agree with that. Right. But that's part of that's that's nothing illegal about that. Right. I think you should do this. I think I've been told it's constitutional. It's not constitutional. No, we know that Supreme Court justices do things that are unconstitutional. We know Biden over and over again has been rebuked from the by the Supreme Court for doing something unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. You can't charge them with it. There's nothing there. He didn't physically tell anybody to obstruct Congress right? in a physical way. They're not charging him with any type of conspiracy for, the, for, for an insurrection, which <laughs> Raskin admits later on in it. So he's got nothing there. And then he says, okay, it's like, you know, you can say, well, I think the currency is phony and everybody should be allowed to make their own up their own money. You can say that, but the minute you start printing your own money, now you've run a follow of the uh, a follow of the counterfeit laws. It's the exact same thing uh, with the electoral college. They can say, "Well, we don't think that Joe Biden really won in these states," even though every federal and state court rejected all of their claims of electoral fraud and corruption. But the minute they start manufacturing counterfeit electors and trying to have them substitute for the real electors that came through the federal and state legal process, at that point they've crossed over from speech to conduct. Well, you're right. Where did Trump do that? Where, where did that happen? Why are you interjecting anything that uh, uh, any of these items that didn't happen into this case? Well, I mean, it happened, but Trump didn't do it. No, I mean, it, no, right. he's pointing at Trump. Right, he's pointing at Trump. Where did Trump The indictment that? is on yeah. Trump, not and, other people. And those are state charges, for right. example, that Michigan filed right. against the state electors. Right. Doesn't apply to Trump. So where did it happen? Why are you interjecting anything, any of this stuff that didn't happen into these charges? Right. So when you break it down, I'm like, this is the best. And I read the headline. I'm like, okay, what points are the? I always love to hear what the opposition saying. We're never afraid to look well, at what the opposition. The moment is saying. I, I hear uh, or read the headline, so and so destroys. Okay, let's just see about that. Now, here it is. He goes, and then he, this is where he admits it. To, he actually, this is the thing lately with Democrats. 
they actually make the point against their argument. Mm-hmm. Just like Goldman last week. And so I think that the indictment is really tight in terms of focusing just on conduct. And in fact, they left out one charge that the January 6th committee had put in there, which was about aiding and abetting and giving aid and comfort to the insurrectionist. And I suppose they did that because it's a statute that hasn't been prosecuted much before. Well, none of these have been prosecuted before. Right. Of a of a presidential They're, candidate. None of it has they didn't, been. They didn't just leave it out. It didn't it, happen. Right. It didn't happen. That's why they didn't do it. And that was pointed out. <laughs> I and, mean, it's funny that he brings up the whole, uh, you may say that the Currency is fake, and you should be able to make up your own currency because the left makes up their own political currency every day. They print their own political money all day, every day. They live in a delusional world. And activist prosecutors coupled with that mentality is how they get away with it. Well, you can tear this apart legally every point as we just did and I, I just saw it when I when we came on the air. I saw the headline and said, oh, okay, let's go to it. Yeah. And I'd only read yeah. the first couple of sentences. Mm-hmm. The rest, I didn't even know what his defense was. Yeah. That's how much confidence I had when Raskin talks that you can tear it apart. Right, yeah, because exactly. He's, because yeah. he's such an intellectual lightweight. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's just throw all this stuff out, things that will find the people that did that, prosecute them. Sure. Trump didn't do that. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, know, if, when if, it comes to the fake electors, Michigan said, okay, this is a state issue. It's not even a federal issue here. No. It's a state issue at that point, which is why the state attorney generals, for example, in, in Michigan, are going after the the uh, the, the fake electors. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they succeed in it, mm-hmm. but it was a state issue. It's not a federal issue. Right. And Trump didn't do that. Yep. So, I mean, it's just if you if you take, as we said, if you take everything here, then every sing- if you take where they wish to go, then Hillary should be in jail. And the RNC posted 22 minutes of of uh, of of uh, Democrats stating that the election was uh, stolen in in uh, in 2016. Right. Yeah. <laughs> every one of those people should be indicted. Well, you know, this that's the and uh, of course it's stupid. They should. be. Well, that's the whole thing. We've be been saying this for years. Go back to January, February, March of 2017. When the Democrats were saying that the election was rigged and Trump wasn't legally right, the president he wasn't legitimately he the was president, legitimately right. yeah le- right. legitimately the president, and they said it over and over and over again. So so here's the thing: when if you're doing this, if you're saying this, then based on this mindset, if a president says call your elected representatives and tell them you want this to happen or that to happen. That's interfering with Congress. And that's not, and it's not, it's not telling people to peacefully protest at the Capitol also is not, which again, as they did in the January 6th committee, uh, the, uh, the same thing happened with the special counsel, Jack Smith. Mm-hmm. He brought up the first part of it, but not the part where he said 
you know, peacefully. The same thing with Charlottesville. I mean, this is yeah, the, right. the the the. Um, this is standard operating procedure from Democrats. We've seen it for the longest time. You, you'll leave out the most important part. Right. You leave the part that puts it actually into the truthful context of what was going on at that time. And right. as we've said, all of this is about what the law is, what the law states. When you get into, when you get into impeachment and things like that, that's political. That's right. a political thing. If the will, if the if the will of the people to impeach is there even if it doesn't fit what the Constitution states, things like bribery, mm-hmm. uh, you can still be impeached. We've seen it happen. Right. It's, well, a Gary, whole, it's a whole different ballgame when it comes to the criminal justice system. You have to have a well-defined law that people understand what law they broke. Right. And speech that is not because, remember, there's no inciting to riot here. There is no conspiracy. There is no witness tampering. All these claims that they were making that would be, that could be a legit charge. Mm -hmm. The special counsel doesn't bring up. Everything is everything that we know, and all of it is related to free speech. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, If we want to use the tactics of the left, the... IRS, I called the IRS office, and the guy on the phone said, you don't have to pay your taxes until April 15th. So I'll leave out the critical part, the most important part. He said, I don't have to pay my taxes. Over and over again, if if we're not going to get to the truth, why, why is the left so afraid of the truth? Because it simply doesn't work for them. It doesn't. If you were to promote, if the if all of the liberal media, now I'm going to be delusional for a moment. If they can go there, I can go there. If all the liberal media were promoting the idea about, like with Charlottesville, if, if let's say one person got it wrong on social media and all the liberal media came after them and said, no, he actually said this and you're, he didn't make a racist comment. He said this, you need to, you know, if they, if they did the opposite of what they're doing. Think about that. What you, and it's only in lying by omission is, is lying. When you're leaving out the critical part, yeah, you're, li- you're, you're lying. spreading a lie. Right. If I were to tell someone, oh, well, no, the IRS agent told me I don't have to pay my taxes. Anything else that he said? He said, I don't have to pay my taxes. And they repeat these things over and over again. And there are so many incidents of that. But if dishonesty is allowed, if we allow them to get away with that approach, then ultimately they can get away with indicting based on nothing. I mean, the special prosecutor cites the laws, certain laws in there, but those laws weren't broken right. by Donald Trump right. in the 45-page indictment you look through. And it's as weak as it gets. And honestly, you know, what What I was worried about when, when I was reading through it, it was like, okay, uh, man, I need to, we need uh, Margot Cleveland, Jonathan Turley, 
uh, Andrew McCarthy, all these folks to read it for us and then read what they write about it because it was going to be. No, it was so badly written that anyone can look at it and, and look at how horrible, how many holes there are in this 45 pages. It's mind-blowing, but they don't care. All they yeah. care about is they lobbed this huge fireball at Trump, and whether it lands or not in the right place, they don't care because tomorrow they'll lob another one, and if it's not Trump, it'll be somebody else. The other thing, the one thing that's pretty amazing that when you think about it in American history is uh, already the distrust of the Department of Justice, as we've said uh, before the rot, the, the corruption that exists inside of there, and then to come out with this kind of indictment where people were, were expect everybody was, mm-hmm. okay, he's got something else on Trump. He has to if he's coming out with, because there's nothing there. Yeah, and to find right. out it's everything that we know and an interpretation of a law as if you, you know, you, you said, uh, well, you know, some people steal and they charge you with stealing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, I said some people steal. Mm-hmm. Well, then, well, because you said it, other people stole. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't tell them to steal. I just said some people steal. I mean, it's just the law, yeah. the actual law does not apply right. to to what the action was right. That, right. They're, that they're actually using. Right. And, and, for example, also the special counsel leaves out in the speech, as we said before, that's why it's a lie. You know, the, the part of where he said, go peacefully. Right. That couldn't have been any clearer and patriotically. Right. Which only has one message. Just amazing. It's just amazing. It's just amazing how but it was almost as if they wanted to send look to all Republicans and conservatives and independents out there. We are corrupt and, and we're singing it from the treetops. We are the Department of Justice. We are as corrupt as we could possibly be. Yep. And we're going to use these prosecutors. We're, we're going to have them in place to do all the heavy lifting. And again, whether it actually happens in, in court or not, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep just firing these things at you over and over and over again. They're baseless, but we don't care. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, and Eric, I guarantee anybody in the in the legal profession, everyone's going, oh, my God, when they saw the indictment yesterday. Yeah. Because it, yeah. there was nothing new. Everyone thought, okay, they got him on something. And, yeah, and, they must have found something right. that the January 6th committee didn't have right. or something. He tampered with a witness. Yeah, or they they found the chain between, you know, they, they've connected the dots between Trump and what he was doing uh, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and they talked to all of his people, and they were able to connect the dots to somebody that was actually, you know, in the riot. They yeah. couldn't do any of those things. There was nothing new that came out of it, just made-up charges. I'm still so shocked at the bluntness of the message which the Department of Justice is sending, which is, hey, America, we're corrupt. Deal with it. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.